We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do it again. I love the tap, 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 that's a, that's a great bit. That was one of my favorites. And welcome back to Two Jacks and One Slub, where the two jacks and the slub talk about nonsense and stuff. Oh, oh. Oh, my They God. always land on four feet, though, don't they? He, he did not. That was a thump. That was Poor Boris. four feet. Come here, bud. He's old. You no. got you to gotta be careful. Ooh. I, I mean, I just... I just ooh. Not uh, not your most graceful introduction, Matt. No, I am shaking now. Uh oh. That was a flop. Is he okay? Did he like say anything? Did he yell he, at you? No, he didn't yell at you. I was gonna say you need to go take care of him. Uh, I'll be back. I'm gonna go check. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a face for everything, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amazing. My lighting here, but I don't know. Yeah. It looks good. Good enough. Yeah. New, this is the third time I'm on. This is the third different location. Oh, that's right. <laughs> is this the third time? Yeah, yeah, this is the third time. Damn. We've yeah. had a show for a long time, boys. Uh, yeah. When did we start again? It was in 2021 sometime, wasn't it? Okay, he's okay. He's okay. Oh boy, Boris. Matt, you're coming in kind of quiet on my end. Is he coming in quiet on anybody else's? I just don't want the, the We could hear that. I, yeah, I just don't want now? the thingy. Yeah, that's better. There, there we go. Okay. Because like Colin was coming in real loud, and then you were coming in real soft, and I was just imagining people listening. If that stayed like that the whole time, it would you know be super annoying. So. Yeah. Well, we'll just we'll just let people know that we're using that yeah. we're using a new recording platform yes, exactly. tonight. So, so. We have upgraded. <laughs> <laughs> to Riverside, I like the layout already. I just did not like that when we first started using it. My face was huge. I did not need to see every. <laughs> what what happened with that? I, I don't know. I just did not need to see every zit, pimple, pus, pustule, boil. You know, <laughs> pustules and boils. Scar. That actually be a good band name, I think. Pustules and boils. Yes, yes, yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's actually I was I was trying to imitate a George Carlin bit where he talks about. Like the first time you see your face in fluorescent light after a long time, he says you can see like every pimple, zit, pustule, boil, scar, ingrown hair since that you've had since birth. Mm-hmm. And all you want to do is just get out of there. <laughs> That's why I hate after the socket season when I shave my beard because at least when you have the beard, it, it covers a lot of a lot of stuff up. That's right. Yep. <laughs> I was just watching Seinfeld and he did a little bit about how if. 
if the human body was like like a car like you had to pay for it you would never do the upkeep because it's just it takes up way too much time and way too much money <laughs> well boys let's kick this off cousin greg is here today and he's been beating down my virtual door for months so he's got plenty of topics to talk about with us today but before we get into greg's laundry list of uh things to talk about let's talk about beers what are we drinking uh, <clears throat> I have my last can of the other half pack that Matt and I split. Already? The anniversary pack. Yeah, there weren't that many. The, right, Matt? This, there was this only pack handful. was only four or, or five beers. Yeah, yeah. 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 So this was but five beers each, per person? For each of us, right? Or, well, I mean, I, I kept some more, but, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Five for me. But, yeah, there's five individual varieties. But they're they're all, like, 12%. They're all... Yeah, yeah. It's a triple. It's 10%. Triples, yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, this one is the um, okay. uh, fourth anniversary as a zombie. Quadruple dry hopped, right? Yeah, quadruple dry hopped, it says. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that, that's a good one. I think uh-huh. I think number wow. three and number number eight were my favorites. But. Okay. I got to look. There was one I, one that I had recently that was, like, super good. I can't remember which it was. I, it was a couple weeks ago. I'd have to look it untapped. It might have been the eighth one. But uh, in any case, other half Ooh, anniversary beer, of course, tapped. is good. So. Oh man! See, if I had actually done my homework and looked up and saw, seen that we had cousin Greg on, I have my I have one more can of my other half Philadelphia first anniversary beer, and it's got like the Philly script with the powder blue background. Oh, uh, it's great! I had one last week; it was wonderful. I, sh- I would have drank that in honor of you. I'm sorry. It's all good. Uh, all good. Instead, I've got uh, a wheat pale ale from Half Acre in Chicago called Fuzz Country. Half Acre is mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, it's actually their former brewery is now where my other favorite brewery out of Chicago, uh, Hot Butcher for the World, is now located. But Half Acre is solid. They do a lot of really good pale ales and IPAs and a couple really good uh, stouts and barley wines throughout the, the winter season as well. So um, usually pretty interesting can art, one that I'm always willing to pick up and try just because I know more often than not I'm going to get a good solid beer out of them. So, And then as a, as a tribute to Jeremy, my backup beer tonight, I've got a – a Burlington Brewing Company beer for for the follow up if we want to go there. So. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, I'm actually you can't really tell, but I'm drinking out of a. I don't know if you can see it there, Dan and Kayla uh, from their wedding. Oh, nice. Uh, but this was so the this is other half, uh, Green City. It says that it was it's. I don't know. It says here it's the flagship IPA. Uh, of other half so their whole reason i got it was around christmas time now my birthday is new year's eve okay so i always try to i always try to have a couple different uh drinks on new year's eve and i was looking for milkshake ipas of course and i found this strawberry milkshake ipa so i was like this is great i'm gonna get it it actually was terrible <laughs> uh, and i went to this other place uh, which actually used to be Colin. This it was the Wendy's on Main Avenue that we used to go to near wow. the city house. It's wow. now it's now like a brew or a, a, a beer outlet and vape shop. <laughs> it, it was very nostalgic going. This is the first time I've been in there since. I mean, we used to walk down when we were at my grandparents' house to go to Wendy's there all the time, and it brought back memories of of eating at the salad bar there, of course. Um, I really hope you had to like walk through that. the Wendy's queue to get to the front cash register. Well, I was, I was actually telling the kids, I was like, there's where we used to sit all the time and eat right by the window and watch the cars. And 
Oh, was it so the, I was actually, the big curve front window style Wendy's? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's yeah. the best. Yep. That's the best. Yep. Yeah, I'll take a picture of it next time we go by. Um, but I had my hands on another. It was a, a variety pack of milkshake IPAs. And then I saw this other half four pack. And I was like, well, I got to get it because you guys talk about it so much. Um, and it was, I don't know what the percent is on this one. Seven or eight? Seven uh, percent. Yeah, it is like super smooth and good. It was it was so delicious. I had it. I'm pretty sure I had it on my birthday. That was the first time that I had it with uh, on a New Year's Eve after I had a couple at uh, Cooper's uh, Seafood. But uh, it is phenomenal. And I saved. I had one left, so I saved it for when I was going to be on here. If I get to number two, uh, I have a one from. Uh, I think it's from Raleigh. I'll have to see what it is, but it's one that uh, was sent up. Uh, with Danny uh, over Christmas, so maybe I'll get into that one a little bit later. <clears throat> yeah, other half is solid. Like they're uh, mm-hmm. they're yeah. one that I'm I'm almost always positive. Like I even tried a non-alcoholic IPA from other half a couple weeks ago, and I was like, hmm, they're pretty good. Like that was yeah. it would have been good for a regular beer. It was outstanding for a non-alcoholic beer. So nice, excellent, good deal. All right, <clears throat> I've got. The stillness of a personal hell. <laughs> burial. Oh, that's, that's a great name. <laughs> yeah, burial's got great names, oh, great, yeah, right, great right, images. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I took Matt's birthday present uh, to me last week, and I and I went and bought uh, a couple four packs, six packs. So stocked up very well. Thank you, Matt, uh, for all of that. Um, since cousin Greg is is off camera for a moment, I will do quick housekeeping. I still have people banging down our virtual door about the live podcast event coming up really? in two weeks. I think it is. I just had somebody text me about it yesterday. I think it was. Uh, and uh, not not everybody who's texting me or has reached out has signed up yet, but there seems to be a lot of interest. So I think as it gets a little bit closer, maybe people will sign up and um, you know, we'll get them the link uh, to the show and everything. But uh yeah, Wednesday, March 15th, 8.45 p.m. Eastern, live episode. Y'all get to call the shots, pick what we're going to talk about. If you want to just shit on me the whole time, you can. That's probably what most people yep. would want to do, I would think. So. Oh, come on. Who would want to yep. do that? The roast of Ethan Ertz. Uh-huh. That's been my whole entire yep. life. That's what this is the title of my 30, first 33 years of existence. So. <laughs> yep so uh sign up i'll put it in the show notes and uh we'll, we'll post about it for the next couple of weeks but definitely looking forward to that live event you know it's funny i i uh i thought that the backyard baseball thing i mean obviously we love back oh yeah i didn't even talk about like, that yeah i was like nobody else is gonna give a shit but then Jeremy, you know, he had his little one-liner last week about like fuck Pablo Sanchez, Pete Wheeler's uh, where it's at, and I'm like, okay, you know what? Yeah. There's actually we there's some there's some fun shit in backyard baseball that we can that we can talk about. So so I think that'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've never played it ever. Never ever. Maybe, are you, maybe you're just a, a touch old. Maybe it was like sweet spot for, for me and Matt and Kyle. When, when did it first come out? Like late '90s. Yeah, late '90s. '97 yeah. <clears throat> so maybe. I was. Like I was, that's like that's towards like my junior senior year high school. So like I was constantly working for Uncle Robbie. Um, I mean Sarah, we were dating at the time. So and then pretty much just playing soccer. And then when I got to college, 
all we did was play NCAA football and WWF wrestling. Oh, hell yeah. Like, those were the only two games we played. So I've never – I mean, I've, I've read about it. I actually have a great Pablo uh, comparison uh, for later on to end with. Uh, <laughs> nerd, again, nerd out stats. But, uh, but, yeah, so I never played it before ever. I gotta throw out in addition to, to Pete Wheeler, I'm always a Ken, Kenny Kawaguchi guy. I mean, oh Kenny Kawaguchi, get, get him on the mound, right? Four, yeah. Four baseballs, pitching pitching stats. Get him on the mound. Get him on the mound. <laughs> and I don't want to give away all my, all the secrets, but uh, Keisha Phillips oh, Keisha was Phillips, also yeah, a really right. great yeah, yeah. great she's, player. She's a slugger, right? Yeah. 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 She's great. She was like the Bambino. Yeah. yeah. She could slug. Yeah. There was a game before you guys probably got into gaming that we used to play on the original Nintendo. It was Little League Baseball. And it had it had 16 teams. It had eight teams for the United States and then eight teams um, from other countries. And mm-hmm. that was, it was, I mean, similar, you know, it was just super fun. But it had, like, people on it that were pretty much, like, glitches in the game. And then it had, like, people on it that, like, I always was so mad because I loved playing with Italy, and they were the worst team <laughs> on there. Uh, my dad and I used to play against each other all the time. We would just randomly play uh, Little League baseball tournaments. It was great. Speaking Did of- you Were you uh, old enough to, to uh, appreciate Ken Griffey Jr.'s for the Super Nintendo, Greg? I don't, I'll be honest with you. I've probably played Super Nintendo about five total times. Like, I went from... Wow original nintendo right into sega and then from sega like when i got to college we right into like playstation one and um nintendo 64 so like i never even really played a lot of super nintendo even Mm, i mean i wasn't a huge gamer uh back in the day like even now i i don't play i usually only play like in the in the summer when i just have more time but uh you know not like not like my kids are. They're constantly gaming all the time. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we yeah. maybe we need to devote like a whole episode to like video game glitches because all I can think of is Bo Jackson. No, no, no. Oh, Bo Jack. That's a good one. But I'm thinking MVP Baseball 2005. Tony Womack. Like yes. oh, yeah, yeah. Holy crap! He was an automatic home <laughs> you run. Remember that? Oh my god. <laughs> Have we ever talked about that, Matt? I don't know uh, if we ever maybe have. Maybe once or twice. That but is like, fucking I mean, hilarious. I, I don't know if I've, I've like ever played talked. the season mode, and I'd have like yeah. 87 home runs with Tony uh, Womack. The whole like upper right corner of the strike zone was like red hot for him. So you, yeah, you got to pitch yeah. there, and if you put your little trigger up into the right, he would just crush it to right field yeah, every, every fucking time. time. Tony Womack. I'd, I'd hit like 450 foot bombs <laughs> in the freaking polo grounds with him. Like, it, was it was hilarious. Great. It was so. That's funny. like Ward from Team New York on Little League Baseball. Yeah, had a cleanup behind Saul. Saul was the pitcher. Ward Ward was the first baseman. Ward was your typical little league first baseman. He hit nukes yeah. like big time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Tony Womack did actually play really well in the 2001 World Series. So yeah, but this was MVP so, baseball 2005. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wasn't exactly yeah. ever much of a power hitter, no. right? So no, yeah. no, that's true. Yeah. yeah, a true glitch in the game there. Yeah, then. yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> Well, this wasn't a glitch, but MLB 99 was the... So, Griffey, the Super Nintendo game, and then MLB 99 for the original PlayStation were the two baseball games that I played the most. And there was the cheat code in MLB 99 where you could get Kelly Flock, the player. It 
not a real player or whatever, but literally every single time would hit a, a 500, you know, something foot home run. Um, so that was, that was, if you could get the cheap player on your team, then you knew you were going to win because you would hit the bombs. That was, that was a lot of fun. I think, I'm pretty sure Vin Scully uh, announced yeah. those, those yeah, games. Yeah, I remember that. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Those were great. Yeah. Um, really quickly, Tony Womack, uh, career 673 OPS. A career seventy, a career seventy-two OPS plus. So he was twenty-eight percent below average as a hitter in his career, and his career high for home runs in a season was seven, seven in one hundred and forty-six yeah. games in two thousand. So wow. uh, that's a huge fucking glitch. Yep. <laughs> so, anyways, it's amazing. Tony yeah, Womack contact. About that game, you, know? you could like unlock yep. historic players. So like I unlock Mickey Mantle and then sign into my team and be like, well, yeah, no shit, this guy's gonna hit a 500 foot home run to center field. Like he Mickey's also... gonna hit fifth behind Womack though, and you know, in that. In that <laughs> right. I mean, you know, you gotta Somebody's got to protect Womack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a great game. That was really uh, uh, Womack glitch aside. That I played a lot of that yeah. one too. What? What? One last thing. You can go to Spotify and they have an MVP baseball 2005 playlist. Oh my god. Oh holy shit! It takes me back. I mean, I just I just listened to it with uh, listened to it with Sam the other day. Um, takes you back. Oh, oh that's funny. Some bangers on that list. Yeah. Nice. All right. What do we got? Should we get the Greg's yeah. laundry list? Cousin Greg, Greg's got a list, do it. So we, I think we got to jump in there. <laughs> yeah, I got. Now a lot he texted. Wait, 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 wait. He texted me yesterday, <laughs> and he was like, "I got my notes ready." <laughs> I showed again. Look at I've been taking all these notes now. Listen, first of all, some of the things like there's no response needed. Some of them you maybe can dive into a little bit deeper. Um, I did. I don't know if you can see. I did wear my uh, my Philadelphia Phillies uh, NLCS uh, champ shirt uh, for today. Um, am am I out or are you guys out? We can hear you. We can hear you. Yeah, yeah. You're good. You're we good. can see you. See me? Yeah. I saw you. We yeah. can right now. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. These computers work all weird. Like, cause I can't see Matt and Colin right now, but I can hear everyone. Hmm. Weird. I don't know. All right. Well, let me know if anything goes out. Um, so yeah, I just got a lot of things here. Like the, the, this is how far back this goes, Matt. I'm sorry. Cause you're like, no pun intended, the root of uh, some of these here. Um, but I just, I'm here for it. Yeah. I just want Oh, wait, hold on. Am I still there? Yep, yep, right. yep. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that the Giants made the playoffs and the Packers did not. <laughs> <laughs> a very good reminder. A very good reminder. And and Eli Manning is a two-time Super Bowl MVP. Cheers, um, cheers to that. Yep. So, yeah, cheers to that. And I can't wait for Matt to bring up some, some stats or something. <laughs> well, I mean, you really you can't because, I mean – they made the the Giants made the playoffs this year. Uh, the Packers were significantly worse. Um, and again, uh, Eli Manning is still two time Super Bowl MVP. Matt's just like Craig, oh, I don't know. I don't know if you could see Matt now, but I actually could. Yeah. <laughs> when he gets I, angry, I like he has you to sniff beer to, to calm him down. Say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and again, a lot of these things, just simple things. Uh, like Penn State, uh, they are uh, or were eleven and two uh, this season. I thought uh, I know we were. I, the last time I was on the show, we made the predictions, and I know yep. we were way off. I had made the predictions uh, with Syracuse. We thought that was 
such a bear of a schedule. And obviously Syracuse went through the first part of that schedule um, really unscathed. Uh, and then obviously they went through their rough patch, but I know Syracuse surely uh, played way better than I think any of us even thought. But when you look at Penn State's schedule, 11 and two, they only lost two games. You probably, they're the two games that they were not favored to win. Um, so when you look at that, I mean, the grand scheme of things, you would hope that they would maybe win one of those games, but 11 and two, um, we are, they still are, uh, that Purdue game was close. <laughs> it was the first game of the year. It was close. <laughs> now, so I did go on record today. I, I, I'm like, I, I talk myself into things, but I always say a win. It doesn't matter how much you win, but a win is a win. But I did say today. So my my school is participating in a stock market game, and two weeks into the stock market game, it's it's all through Pennsylvania. So it, there's there's over ten thousand kids participating in it. I don't know how many schools are actually participating, but as of right now, my students are currently the leaders in all of Pennsylvania. We're winning, and I made the statement to them. I said. Jack Riley, who was Gordon Bombay's coach in Mighty Ducks once, said it's not worth winning if you can't win big. I said, I want to win, and I want to win big. So I kind of talked myself into to things because I, I, I just want the win, but I do really want to win big. <laughs> so, so this brings back memories because you're looking at the – oh, shit, what year was it? 2007 – or excuse, 2001 Syracuse stock market game winner right here. Oh, that's awesome! Really, even though I was only in sixth grade, we won the middle school division. Yeah, well done in the papers. (laughs) Two parents who Uh, were accountants, and I'm not impressed. No, no, no. So we were we were in like 35th place until the last week, and I asked our advisor guy like, "What should we do?" And he recommended Duke Energy, and I ignored him because I noticed this company called Anarin Microwave in the local section was like going up like four or five bucks every day. So dumbly, I just said, oh, I put 10% of our money on that. And they had a stock split and then went up like 50% in value in that week. So Hilarious. like the following week when they announced so, like the values, I just remember my teacher pulling out like the paper and a team was highlighted first and it was us. And I was like, well, that was dumb because I just, I just guessed based on like a trend that I spotted in the paper. And what do you know? Mm-hmm. Got a free dinner out of it at LeMoyne College. Yeah. Woo, nice. It is amazing, though, to hear the kids like talk about it because they're like really, really into it. And, and and again, the reason why we do it is just to get them engaged in talking about obviously real world scenarios. But it's, uh, you know, obviously the math is involved with it, but just to get them, you know, doing something a little bit different. This is the first year that I ever did it. They've always done it the past few years in our seventh grade level. So Luciano is actually participating in it uh, with his teacher. And then we have three eighth grade classes uh, that are three eighth grade teachers that are participating in it. And then we have one in our high school. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty neat just to see them engaged in, in, you know, again, applying some of the math to real world scenarios, which is what we really want them to do. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought it was pretty cool. And like they, we had a guy from Charles Schwab come in and like talk to us and teach us. Yeah. And so like, in sixth grade, I had a pretty good understanding of what like a short sell sale was like, yeah. Cause he talked through, like he said, that's something you guys can do. If you know, it's going to go down, you're mm-hmm. borrowing someone's stock, selling it and then buying it back at a lower price, meaning that you're going to make that money. 
And I, was, yep. I thought that was pretty cool. So I, I, I looked back at it finally, yep. and then, yeah, you tie in the math. You tie in, like, we got we got newspapers delivered every day so we could track our stock purchases, which yep. was great because my dad got a free you know copy of the Wall Street Journal every day when we were in the stock market game. I'd bring it home for him. So uh, he liked that, too. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's pretty cool. It's funny that you bring that up with the short sales because that's the one kid in my homeroom today. He's like, I have no idea even what I'm doing. And the one kid was explaining to him the short sales. And he's like, this is how I'm making all my money right now. <laughs> you know, it's going down short selling. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So it's pretty cool. It ties all in. Nice. No. Good. Good um, luck with the stock market game. I want updates. I hope. Yeah. Win. Thank you. Win I will big. let you know. It goes, it goes until right after Easter. So we still have about seven to eight weeks here. I told him, I said, this is not a sprint. We're in this for the long haul. I said I I'm, I'm happy with what you're doing, but I I need to still see better. I want to I want to win this. <laughs> um, I had to think. So there was a couple episodes ago. Obviously, steroids have been uh, a huge talk in uh, in what you guys you know with baseball and everything. Uh, I have a buddy whose name I will not say uh, that did play Division One baseball. Did not did not play above Division One baseball. Did not go and play in the minor leagues. He told me, though, very, very specifically, if he was a minor league player and there were potential aspirations to get and be at that major league level, he said, there is no doubt, 100%, I would have done steroids. And he said, everybody. And that's what that's the thing that, like we said, we talked about, it, There's you can't, everybody, Everybody has dabbled and everybody has done it. Thank there's you. no way. I mean, and again, well, that's why I know you guys have said it so much. There's a reason why the hall is is a sham, and and no one really even cares about it. To be honest, I I know I don't anymore because we know who the best players are. But I mean, it, it, how can you decipher who was and who wasn't using just because A, B, and C got caught and D, E, F didn't get caught? Especially, especially when there have been other forms of cheating for like, uh, who was the spitballer? Uh, Gaylord um, Perry. Yep. Gaylord Perry, you know, Hall of Famer. We, I, I complained about this at nauseum probably a few weeks ago on the podcast. Jose Altuve is very likely going to make it to the Hall of Fame, yeah. even though he's, he's part of one of the, he's, you know, that, that's like that scandal is like up there with the Black Sox yeah, scandal, yep. you know? Um, and for some reason, well, we know the reason that they got, because the, the, they spilled the beans on everyone else. Um, you know, whereas like Shoeless Joe and all them got, got banned. But like the, the degree of the differences between the cheating and whatever makes no fucking sense to me. And then you throw in like all of the, all of the players from the 60s, 70s, 80s when amphetamines were, were huge and like, what what were they doing? And then like even like the first time I ever really thought about this was was Nolan Ryan when Matt you were talking about him when we were doing the, the draft. Like I think there's a really good chance that he at least dabbled with with some type of steroid because he played you know into the '94 I think was was this last year. Like steroids were definitely around by then. So he probably had like you know horse steroids or something like <laughs> probably helped him go yeah. until he was like 45 or something right i mean yeah it probably helped him like get there you know yeah and just because he didn't bulk up like you know bonds or clemens or you know any of them doesn't mean that he wasn't on something he just took a different form yeah, exactly 
of, of a steroid. A you lot know? of players used to talk about how, right? They used to say that there was just like a, a bowl of pills. Yeah. That used to yeah. just be in the clubhouse. And no one really maybe did or didn't know what the pills were. And you just took a couple of these and took a couple of those. Yeah. One, well, one and, of the- and the amphetamines is a, the biggest one for me, right? Like that was accepted for so long. And then suddenly it was, but they gave a two year notice. Right. And then they said, all right, that's going to be considered performance enhancing. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's one where it's like, it's just a complete 180 right there. You know, and they could have done that with steroids too, you know, yeah. like they could have like, you know, instead of, instead of making everybody scapegoats, they could have been like, Hey, we realized that we encouraged this, that, it brought a lot of attention to the game. A lot of really good things happened as a result of this, but like it's getting a little bit out of control. So, you know, in a couple of years, we're we're going to start, you know, testing or whatever. But it was so, it just felt so witch hunty, you know, like from from the start. Uh, once once they decided that they were going to test for it, it was like, all right, we we are going to find every single person. It's like, no, you're not. First off, because there's there's ways around it, you know, all the time, and it, it's just yeah. I know I, I still I still will will the hill I will die on it are the, the ones that well after it was illegal still like oh well they were just being they were just doofuses right like how yeah, do you, how, I, you yeah know, getting caught at that point like Robbie Cano and Manny Ramirez and shit like Robbie like, Manny Melky yeah. A Rod with the biogenesis stuff like like yeah. uh, Cervelli <laughs> Yeah, those are the ones I can remember. But off it's, the top of my it, head. it's like, come on. Man. Think, think, think about this though. Like cousin Greg, you you can relate to this. It's the kid syndrome. Like you tell them not to do it, and they're going to do it anyway because they they you specifically told them that that they couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, but but, it, but if you know making, somebody else, they're making hundreds of millions of dollars. So well, yeah, but but I'm saying if they had taken a different approach, like. It just might have it might have been different, and we might be looking at this in a whole different light. And Barry fucking Lamar Bonds would be in the fucking Hall of Fame, where he, where he rightfully belongs. Let me let me add one more thing before we go back to cousin Greg, because um, Colin mentioned. I don't think we've actually talked about this much, but Colin mentioned uh, just quickly about like different forms of steroids. And just one thing I want to add that we you know because we haven't gotten into this, I don't think there are these different forms, right? And so like yeah, you have your anabolic steroids where you have somebody like Barry Bonds who his, like, head size fucking uh, quadruples, right? Like, you have that kind of shit, the anabolic steroids, and apparently there are some health problems with that, blah, 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 blah. But then you... By the way, by the way, him and A-Rod were at the Timberwolves game the other day, and Bonds him. looks amazing. Yeah, he and so much thinner. Amazing. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's hilarious. Yeah. But, um, yeah. so there's that side of it, right? But then there's also, like, the more, I don't know if it's HGH or what specific, like, uh, what the specific names are of all of the different things, right? But there's the stuff that helps people work out longer and recover faster, right? Not even about like ballooning yeah, yeah, your head yeah. size and becoming like a bodybuilder with your muscles, but just working out longer and recovering faster. Who would not do that? I would fucking do that if yeah. I was going to start like lifting weights. For that's what more people are doing. Yeah. 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 And so, that's why supplements yeah. like creatine are, you know, mm-hmm. are popular, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, anyways, yeah. Yeah, because you an, an anabolic steroid is going to make you look like Barry Bonds, but creatine or HGH you know, or something like that is is you're going to look the same, but your recovery the the insides of you are different, even, even though you look the same outside. I I took creatine for a two month period when I was trying to get back into football shape, 
And it was pretty startling how quickly, after a two-year absence, I was back within 50 pounds to 25 pounds of my maxims, maximums, like for all wow. of my lifts. Like, like lifting? Yeah. Um, wow. And it was, it, was, it was startling, right? Like the, the muscle growth. Wait, wait, wait. So wh- when you say, is it, um, this, this is how ignorant I am of, of all of this stuff. Like, is it, is it a drink or was, what is it? I was it? taking a pill. <laughs> a pill. Yeah. Got it. GNC, you know, creatine, something, something, something. Yeah. I, I know people in high school would take it, but I, I just never dabbled in it. So I literally had no idea. Yeah, but I I, but GNC was school. really was, familiar. When I was in college and I still had the, the, the bottle because I, you know, 10 years later, still think one of these days I'm going to start lifting weights heavily again. But, <laughs> um, I mean, I, and I was, I was pretty close to PRs. And again, it was, it took me four weeks to get back there, which wow. shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. I was blown away. So. Yeah. No. Yeah. And you're just a right. Reg- well, no offense, no. but you're you're a regular, you know, schmo. Yeah. Like compared to Barry Bonds, no, he's a job. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm like a half club, you know. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting here drinking beers, you know, checking into eight thousand untapped beers, you know. <laughs> oh, I tagged y'all in untapped tonight, so y'all like that when when you open it up. Oh, shit, this, is, this is pretty tasty. Oh shit! Oh nice. Who's that by? That's from Bibico. Yeah, Burley. Yeah, Ginger. that's that's uh, Jeremy's favorite. Oh, that's the one for Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brother Jeremy. Yeah. All right. So All right, Greg. What's back next to the, the list? Uh, yeah, back to the laundry um, list here. This actually goes back to last week. Um, I was really behind the eight ball on this, but Ethan had mentioned about Ted Lasso, um, and I I don't remember the context of which you were talking about it, but um, I this was. Again, how far back this goes. I went to L.A. the first week of December. Uh, we went out for the Rams-Seahawks uh, game. And on the way coming home, um, the the internet was so bad. Like, there was nothing I could watch except for free Apple TV. And this was the first time that I watched Ted Lasso. And be, me being a soccer coach, I don't know how yeah, I never I'm did watch it. And I watched two episodes, and I was like, dang it, now I'm hooked. And I didn't have Apple TV, so I, I went home, I signed up for a free week of Apple TV, and I binge-watched the first two seasons. Yep. And let me tell you, Led, Tasso, <laughs> and, and Roy Kent are... And Roy Kent, they are the two best characters. I love Led Tasso. <laughs> Roy, Roy Kent is just absolutely... Maybe, yeah, he just everything about him uh, was excellent. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the night you guys are doing season uh, three. The, the live event. That's season oh, three. Right, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so pretty Dang. stoked. Uh, so excited. Uh, to, oh, I know why. You were talking about relegation. That's right. Yep. Yes, yeah. relegation promotion. Yeah. I was trying to remember. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It'll never work. It'll never work. And Matt said it last week. It'll never work because – of the reasons they own that are different uh, yeah. the baseball. Syracuse Mets versus the New York Mets, right? Like they yeah, own both like teams. It, but can't we change the, that the, like some anyway? Well eventually someday yeah, maybe. A, yeah, also that would be, just just the Ted Lasso I have to say every time I bring we bring Ted Lasso up the Christmas Carol episode, that is Hannah Waddingham's actual voice. Oh yeah, she's like a musical theater. She can sing. Yeah, she's like, like a musical yeah. theater star. Oh like, my also. god. Yeah. She I, sings "Let It Go" too in uh, the episode where they do like karaoke. Yeah, really that's her good. Her actual voice. Yeah, oh yeah, she's amazing. 
I was yeah. I'm actually rewatching uh The Sopranos on HBO Max and Corrado Soprano Jr. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Sopranos, but Junior is well. You guys all know James Gandolfini, Tony yeah. Soprano. So Junior is Tony's uncle, um, and he often goes into singing in some of the episodes. And he is like a really accomplished um, uh, singer in like classical uh, singing, and, and it brings up like him. Like that was actually him singing. Yep. Like in the episodes, That's like awesome. so, a similar scenario as yeah. that. There's a yeah. behind the scenes clip of them recording that that song for the the show, and they're just doing it in in the set for the bar, and it's got the buskers, yeah. the guys, the musicians they hired as the buskers, playing guitar and singing backup, and uh, I can't remember the 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 dweeby assistant guy is actually playing the bass live, and Hannah Waddingham is singing right at the bar. Uh, and it's just, it's like, I probably watched that three or four dozen times because it's just so impressive. Yeah. Like I can't, like her voice is just so damn good. It got, it got a little goofy and weird towards the end of like season two. Um, so I'm, I mean, I'm hoping season three has a a pretty good comeback, but again, I don't know how I, I, I went without watching it, but. Once, like, once, like, it was like a Lay's potato chip. I couldn't have just one. Like, oh, I had God, to yeah. get back in there then. And, okay, and really. I, I, I really loved it. Really quickly. Matt, you, you watched the whole show, both seasons and everything? Yep. Okay, yep. now, I don't know if we want to, maybe the, I was going to text Colin about this, like, separately, because, Matt, I didn't realize you had watched it all. I don't know if this is the right time to go into this, um, but I want to talk about the arc of Nate Shelley at some point i don't know if we want to do that on the pod i don't know if we want to like spoil shit for people who haven't seen it so maybe we do it off the air but i'm super curious well, fuck that it's been out for three years now yeah i three guess years. that's true yeah three years at least yeah. yeah i guess you guys can you can you can share whatever if you want but I'll, let me just give you my quick pitch basically you want me to spit into the camera <laughs> yeah, spit into the air, right? So, like the arc itself, like his sort of his downfall and becoming like a, becoming a huge asshole. Like I think they sell that fine. Like throughout the second season, there are plenty of little things where you can see him descending into this like fucking egomaniac douchebag, right? You can see that. But what I what I always kind of like, and I and I thought this again on my rewatch recently, the very like last episode or whatever it is, whenever he like loses his shit on Ted. Uh, that I never like totally bought. Um, like, I think he was just like levying all these accusations at Ted that just were like, not true. Like the show did not show that he was talking about like, Oh, you made me feel so important. And then you abandoned me. What are you talking about? Abandoned you? Like he kept, he kept running your plays and giving you credit every time. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? So was that just, do you guys think that they're, I think they were, they were trying to tie it into lead up to season three, I think. Well, no, no, they were, uh, uh, Ted, was having his breakdown about being abandoned. That's why he got pissed at at the, uh, the therapist. therapist. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure there was they were trying to tie that in, but uh, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Like maybe it's no, just I'm, him. Definitely, I'm, yeah, definitely a little bit of yeah. a stretch. Yeah, I thought that was, but again, I also you know maybe maybe it's going to be uh, you know the husband, the former owner in his ear. Maybe it's going to be you know. We'll, we'll oh, prob- yeah, you know what? that's Rupert. a good point, Matt. Yeah, Rupert yeah. probably because they did show scenes yeah. of Rupert talking to him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. How about how about like if you rewatch it and the nuggets like uh, any show, right? You pick yeah. up on the on the little nuggets, and there's the the funeral when he's like, I- "I'm going to sell you 
you know, my shares of the team. And then, you know, you think it's this, this nice little gesture and even, even they talk about it, you know, um, uh, Rebecca and her mom, and then they show the very next scene. He's in Nate's ear as, as he's walking away. And it was like, at the time, didn't even register. Nothing, nothing registers. But now when I rewatched it, I was like, Oh shit, that's, that was when he planted the seed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ted is like the ultimate, like, though he, like you say, like he was always giving credit to, to yeah. the other guys, like on his staff, uh, especially Nate, you know, uh, for, for, you know, running the, plays and, and doing his tactics. The yeah. only thing I can see to the abandonment tie in is like, you can obviously see he gets, um, Nate gets really upset by Roy joining the yeah, coaching true. staff, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and it's like, okay, well, Roy's going to like take my spot. And, you know, because Roy does something in the in the first game, I think, that he coaches. He he comes up with some play or whatever. But then, like, it, everything after that is still all Nate stuff. Like, they do the whatever, the where they, they sit back or whatever and don't do anything. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, one one more question before, and then we can move on if you guys want. Greg, you mentioned you love uh, Led Tasso. What I was going to ask you is, do you have a version? Do you have R. Gurkuri? <laughs> Listen, so I have an assistant coach. Is he that, your beard? He's your beard, isn't he? Uh, yeah, but he he plays he plays the role of Led Tasso. Ah, I see. Okay, he's so the bad especially, guy. Especially like after wins, like the practices after wins are always harder than the practices after losses. As they should be. Because you don't want the team to get complacent. You don't want them That's to right. get complacent. So it's always really pushing their buttons to try to get them to even a higher level. And we do we do this same passing drill every single day from the very first day we start, you know, summer conditioning practices. And they've done it a million times. And it seems like that that day after a really good victory. They, they somehow mess it up. And my assistant, I mean, he gets after them. And I actually, I have to turn away because I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> I just have to turn away and I have to like walk away because I, I like, I lose it. And I don't want the kids to see me dying laughing because <laughs> he, he, he is the lead tasso of the team. I don't have to have that. He'll always play the bad cop for me so I can always swoop in and be the good cop. Um, nice. because he just, he doesn't want to be the good cop. Um, <laughs> so I very rarely, the kids know if I'm, if I'm bad cop, the kids know something's up. Like <laughs> they know that they're, they've done something wrong. Cause it's, Shit. it's maybe once a year where I really have to get after them and, and get into them. But they often know, they know that if we win, they know the next day's practice is going to be legit. It's going to be hard and it's going to be the toughest thing that they've been through. After we lose, you know, we'll regroup, kind of have an easier day just to get ourselves back into rhythm. But, uh, but yeah, I don't have to play the lead tasso role. <laughs> I love it when he snaps out of it. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "How long was I? Out? How long was I out, coach?" <laughs> so good. Uh, I've got one one just observation, and, and I consider myself a, a pretty nice guy, right? You know, like you said the. Matt the Mensch. The Joe Kozanski Mensch. Mensch, Mensch definition, but <laughs> I feel bad when I watch Ted Lasso <laughs> because 
I aspire to be that nice. Yeah. Like I right. want to be like that. Like, uh, like I don't know. I just feel like oh, I could be nicer. Like he's such a good person. Yeah. Why am yeah. I not like that? I don't know. Yeah. I just. Uh, and he makes all of like the horrible like you know normally I hate words like heck and dang and darn, but he like he makes them <laughs> endearing. Like when he Colin, you yeah. mentioned when he gets mad at the therapist and he talks about like I'm just so dang ticked off at you. And I'm and I was like, aw, that's so sweet. Like normally those words drive me insane, but with with him it's like, oh, it's just so cute. Yeah. So I'm a bunch of, or I'm in a bunch of, uh, or I guess I'm not in. I follow a bunch of Ted Lasso accounts on Twitter. There we go. I got it. Oh, okay. Third time. And um, they're like fan accounts, or whatever. And um, some of them are, hilar- are hilarious. Like uh, one's really funny. It's it's the books of Ted Lasso, and it's Beard is always reading a a different book um and so they just talk about like the different books and they have a book club and it's it's amazing and there's a ton of different podcasts i actually might help uh one of them uh edit their podcast oh, but anyway um that that feeling matt that you talked about like is a huge reason why i love that show and i think it was a huge reason why it was so popular and successful because it came out in the heat of the pandemic you know it was what august of 2020 um in one of those groups, they recommended uh, another show on Apple TV called Acapulco, uh, which is a bilingual uh, comedy, uh, Spanish, uh, English. And um, the main character in that show, uh, his name's Maximo, same type of thing. Like he's the, the, the sweetest teenager in the world and like always wants to do well. And it's such a feel good show that like both of those shows, I just whenever there's a new season, I'm, I'm waiting so badly for them to come out. And like Acapulco just got picked up for a third season. Ted Lasso is coming out in a couple of weeks with, with their third season. So it's like those shows oh, just doesn't matter what kind of mood you're in. You, you just love them. Yep. Yeah, well, 100%. it's, it's like, um, you know, like, uh, George Saunders, he's the, this SU professor. He's a writer. Oh yeah. Hasn't know, he but... won like a Pulitzer? Yeah, yeah, he's he, like, he's and, you know, he talked. Yeah. He had a really famous graduation speech at SU about like he's more disappointed in the in the times that he's been. You know, he's failed to be kind to people, um, and, can, and that, can, that's, that like sticks with me a, a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot. Yeah, yeah. About, can I just make a side note really quick? Can we can we talk about Bayheim and uh, in Syracuse at some point? I actually, maybe next week. That's funny you say that. Yeah, well, because we, we got to get through Greg's list, list but Colin, that's funny you say that because. I want to do that because I saw that they lost by 20 to Georgia Tech. And so I was like looking them up because I haven't. And they gave up 99 points to Pitt. Okay. And I, so I haven't followed an ACC. But they've been bad for, like, they have been like mediocre for a while. I was looking into this. I was like, what's been going on with Syracuse? Because I just don't follow shit anymore. They've been mediocre for like years. I guess, I guess in 21, they made. It's 2003. Yeah. And, and. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'm very curious to yeah to chat about that at some yeah. point. So, sorry, Matt. I, I didn't want to cut you off. But when you said SU, I was like, oh, shit, we got to talk about Jimmy B. Yeah. Yeah. Dude well, I want to go back to Greg's list because yeah, before Greg's I list. get all sappy about George yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we're on like four of 28. <laughs> <laughs> right, you got to come back next week then. Yeah. I, said, I think Greg's yeah, this is, show. This is, this is just a, a quick one. Messi is the GOAT. That's that's all that needs to be said, and I'm and, and that's coming from a guy who is not a messy fan. You know, the uh, most I should talk about am. any more than any of us. So I I do love Leo Messi, but in our house, well, Luciano and I are big Ronaldo guys. Gatano is a messy guy. I think it's because he's a left footer. Uh, plus, we got him like a messy jersey one time. But 
uh, Messi is absolutely the GOAT, solidified it uh, by winning the World Cup. Um, here's one, though. This is uh, for Matt, because I, I texted Colin about this. Um, we opened up here in Scranton um, a voodoo brewing uh, company, and uh, I have not been able to get there yet, although my sister has. And uh, she said... <laughs> He got his new hat on, right? <laughs> He's always ready for the wardrobe changes. Yeah, she. I mean, my my brother-in-law Andy said the like the beer is phenomenal. They have a ton of different beers on taps there. Um, they said the food is 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 really good. My sister described the bathrooms as being super clean, which obviously is a plus when you're going out. Absolutely. But it's it's very. They said it's kid friendly. You know, you can bring the kids there. They do have you know, like games on, I don't even know, maybe if it's like an iPad type thing um, where they have games like that the kids can play. So I do hope to be able to get there. Um, but I thought it was pretty cool when I saw Voodoo uh, opening up a place yeah, here. Yeah, so, so I'd say their IPAs are probably the weakest thing they make. Their IPAs are going to be mediocre. Yeah. The, the other stuff they make, you know, like the Voodoo Love Child's like a Belgian triple with a bunch of fruit in it. Like They, they make yeah. a lot of really good stuff. Uh, and if you ever get a chance to try their barrel room collection stuff, the BRC, that's yeah. another barrel aged stuff that's kind of rare. That's really good as well. So maybe I'll have a, a bottle or two on the on the podcast next week. Uh, yeah, nice the celebration. But they're they're really pushing the franchise model right now. So yeah, yeah, they're opening well, in Vegas and Reno next year. They're opened in in South Carolina next year. They're opening all around uh, Pennsylvania. So good, yeah, yeah. good solid crew employee. That's owned. awesome. And that, that leads me into the next place. So when we went out to L.A., I was looking for a place to go to um, when I got there because I was getting there before, like, a lot of my friends. And when I arrived in L.A., my brother-in-law was already there with, like, his group of friends. But they were going to be – they were in Hollywood at, like – they were going to Hollywood to do, like, a tour. So I had time by myself when I arrived at the hotel – for about two and a half, three hours that nobody was going to be in LA but me besides the people that were off. So I looked up this place. It was called Culture Brewing. So I was like, I need to get a place that you know, I can just go get something good. And when I got there, um, there was... Oh, is that is someone sharing, sharing the screen? Matt. Yeah, Keep going. Right. Keep going. So I get there. Now, I thought they served food. If this place served food, it would be the, one of the most clutch places because this they had the best beers that I've tasted. And there was maybe four, five, or six different ones I had. And the cool thing about it was you can get, you know, if you just wanted a sample size, you can get like a, it was either a, uh, like a four-ouncer you can get, you can get an, a, a, an eight-ounce, or you can get a 16-ounce. And it was literally from our hotel, it was a 15 minute walk. And it was kind of where like all the breweries and all the restaurants were. Um, I actually was the some beer that I I tried. I was the first person to check it in untapped. So that was like that was like my big my big moment there. (laughs) Um, But it was phenomenal. Like I said, they didn't they didn't serve food. So I ended up having to go to a different restaurant. And this was during the World Cup, so we ended up going, like, it was when the U.S. ended up losing uh, in the World Cup. Um, 
we were, you know, I don't know what time the game was. I think it was at 10 o'clock Eastern time. So we were up at six o'clock. I mean, essentially it was, it was six o'clock on the West coast and we were at the bar by seven o'clock to watch the U S lose. But I had to go to this other place to eat. But then I went back, we went back later on with my brother-in-law. Um, but culture brewing in LA, if you ever get out to LA, uh, it's in Manhattan beach. And it is uh, definitely a really cool atmosphere. They had like live bands there, um, which was pretty neat. And it's very like Ethan, like it is artistic nice. to the T. Like they have, they have artists, like literal artists come there and like do drawings and stuff. And like I said, they have live bands. It's very open air. Um, awesome. So it was, it was pretty sweet. Yeah. But that's it right there. Culture Brewing, Manhattan Beach Boulevard. Yep. It was it was it was a good place to go to though. Uh, yeah, I just brought up the map. If you ever are looking for brewery recommendations, uh, <laughs> oh my god! I've been, if you did if you didn't know this by now, yeah. you could ask I Matt. Did, <laughs> I did a quick search. It was the first one that came up, and, and it happened to be though. It, it it is where all the all the bars and everything is in Manhattan Beach. So it was it was the place to be anyways. So I went down there. Like I said, I hung out by myself. I was literally the only person in the bar. And then the second time I went back, the place was packed. And it was packed the rest of the night. So it was a, it was a pretty cool time. Nice. But culture brewing. I have some updates um, to do, but that's most of them on there right now. Yeah. Mm. That's awesome. <laughs> here's here's the thing. Uh, I also saw, I know last time, one of the last two times I was on the show, I think it was actually the first time we talked about Italian-American slangs. Uh, and I just saw this on a, on a meme, so I thought I'd bring it up, but, uh, mozzarella is mozzadel. Now, again, this is all Italian American ricotta, ragot, capicola, gabagool, pasta fagioli, <laughs> pasta fazul, supersat, supersat. And manicotti is managot. So I, I was managot is the yeah, one but, I was told. I, I got manicotti wrong a lot. So those are all Italian American things, though. Uh, and I knew that we had talked about a couple of those uh, last time, and I just seen it, so I figured I might as well write it down and put it on my, <laughs> my list. Love it. Um, you guys talked about uh, Christmas songs uh, on one of the episodes. <laughs> if New Kids on the Block, Funky Funky Christmas is not on your list of best Christmas songs, then y'all don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. okay? you, and if you don't know Funky Funky Christmas, you need to go look it up. Uh, because as they would say in Philadelphia, that John is the John. That John <laughs> it is, is definitely John. It is definitely it. <laughs> um, this goes back to uh, Ethan. You had talked about your uh, uh, getting fit and walking. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> okay. Uh, whether you know two this, weeks, <laughs> whether you know this or not, since uh, I don't know, it has to be going on five, six years now. I I walk every single day. Um, we recently uh, came into getting a treadmill. Game changer. Walking inside. Versus walking outside, where I can literally put on my headphones and listen and watch uh, an episode of Sopranos. That's what I'm saying. 
there, whoa, it's whoa, not whoa, even whoa, whoa, The treadmill is great. Well, but love, walking, walking outside, walking on a treadmill is fine. Ethan was talking about running oh, yeah, I, on a treadmill. Either, I like oh, yeah, either I, one. I, I don't run. Oh, yeah, Listen, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm 42 years old. I can't run anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's a soccer game going on. I can't run anymore. But I, I walk and I watch Sopranos or whatever I might be watching. Maybe it's Moonshiners, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, or maybe it's listening to you guys. Yes, oh, wait, Matt, you I watch Moonshiners? Them. Moonshiners is maybe one of my favorite shows of all time. Absolutely love Moonshiners. I get the itch every time I watch Moonshiners that I need to make alcohol or something or drink it. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I haven't watched it, but, but, um, okay. Have you watched an episode with, with this guy? So is, is this the uh, the what do you call it one the one that they do uh, like the Amer not the American Spirits one where they bring in like the four people? Yeah, probably. I don't watch that one as much. So what's what's this guy? Oh, uh oh, Matt accidentally uh, left the call. Hmm. Wow, or something. What a turduel. Well, let me get another drink. Don't let him talk until I come back. <laughs> All right. Ethan, carry us. Uh, yes. Oops. Oh, well, Matt's already back. Oh, Matt, Matt came Oops. back fast. That was real fast. Oops. I don't even have to do anything. New platform, everyone. New the, platform. New, the new software. Uh-huh. It's very tricky. There's a big red telephone that says leave. And uh, I, I closed the tab. Thank you uh, very much. I closed the wrong tab. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Ethan. Now that you're saying that, I, when I, I didn't understand what you were asking about with an app, but I'm like, I wonder now if there's an app because, like, yeah, I'm I'm sure if I switch off the browser here, like, you'll still be able to to see me, but I'm like, I I can't see you guys obviously, so it'd be like weird. But I have yeah. my other screen. But sorry, I, cousin I, yeah. Greg, I closed the wrong tab. So I googled all it. Good, all so good. so that guy's name is John Passow. He's a friend of mine for, through the beer community. Um, yeah, he's one of the people I want to get on the podcast actually. Um, he's, he's, he's done. What do you mean you want to get on? What? What do you mean you want to get on? Um, I've, I've been meaning to invite him and just haven't had the courage. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he was a farmer in California. He's brewed for four major breweries in the country. Um, he's at, he's an actor. He's been in Starship Troopers, I think, is the movie that I know him. I know the most. But he was. Wow. Is this the guy that you just showed? Yeah. Okay. Oh wow. Shit. Uh, he's been on Moonshiners. He owns I mean, his own. Dude, we've had Joe Posnanski on this fucking podcast. Okay. But have you had a movie star? <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. Slash New York Moon Times bestselling slash author. Slash small business owner. Slash Mensa member. Joe's a small business owner. Joe's a business owner. No. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so John John's just a neat guy. He had a he had a beer a beer and whiskey podcast he was doing for a while too, right when we started up. So um super interesting guy. Cool. But anyway, he was on Moonshiner. So that that's that's as soon as you said that, Greg, I was like, Oh shit. I wonder if he's seen John. I'm I am uh I'm at a loss now for names. Uh Tim, the guy that always wears the overalls. Uh Tim Smith. Is that? His, I forget what his name. I've is actually now. never watched the show, so I can't tell you. 
Oh, Matt Owens. Well, there's a one of the main the main guys on the show. He actually was like the first one on the show. He went uh, legit, and we he has uh, his famous moonshine was called Climax Moonshine. And when I went to South Carolina, it is Tim Smith. I'm pretty sure his name. I went to South Carolina. This is years after I had graduated. This is about 10 years ago. Um, We had gone out on Thursday night, which was always the big night for, you know, going out in college. And uh, in South Carolina, the bars stay open late. So a lot of people don't go out until later. So like we were out early, kind of. No one was at the bars. And we kind of walked down. And there was one bar that a million people were at. So we're like, well, well, let's go in. We got to go in. And it was this Tim Smith from Moonshiners. And of course, I was the only one of our group that ever watched Moonshiners. So I knew who he was. And uh, he was there with his overalls. No no t-shirt underneath his overalls. and uh, But he was there promoting his, his uh, moonshine as he had gone from, you know, backyard or backwoods into... Uh, you know, getting le- legit uh, distillery and, and and getting his product out there. So um, it was pretty cool, though, to see him, uh, you know, as I had watched Moonshiners for quite a, a, a long time at, at that point. So that was pretty cool. Nice. Um, I, I am on to number two. This is from Trophy Brewing. It's called Trophy. Moving, moving, on your, moving on Your Left. It's a hazy IPA. This was sent up uh from north carolina uh over uh christmas time brother dan brought it up for me so trophy some good shit not from brother dan though (laughs) um speaking of friend of the podcast joe posnanski i actually have a double here of joe posnanski first of all colin i thought the interview with you and joe pos i thought was like awesome um i thought like you did a phenomenal job just you know, getting everything out of him that you really wanted to get out of him. Um, I thought you weren't like too, too fangirlish on him. Uh, <laughs> I was trying not yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, I would have been. I would have <laughs> lost my shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I really, really, really liked that episode. And I, um, and I was trying to think of some way, like, I don't know, like you need to like, just try to like, get him on the pod again and just do like a, a live from like a remote location where like you and him are live and, you know, and then Ethan and Matt are there, you know, like bringing in too, like just get him Cause you got to meet him or find him in Charlotte yeah. somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's I mean, he goes to the, to the Knights games all the time. I'm yeah. sure if I, um, like went and just scoured the stands. I, I would be able to. Uh, yeah. I know what he looks like. Like right. I, I'd, I'd be able to find him. But yeah, he doesn't. Not not yet. It breaks my heart. Uh, he does not seem interested in being my friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, right now, so maybe this will be the moment. Friend <laughs> <laughs> of the podcast, Joe Posnanski, come on. <laughs> well, what actually led me to him though is if 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 I win that opportunity to have a Joe Posnanski uh you know top 100 story written about some baseball player undoubtedly it would have to be the dude lenny dykstra oh god have to be nails that would be my ultimate 
Uh, wait. <laughs> Sorry to chuck so, <laughs> Side side note. Dykstra. S- side note. All of you take take a guess. How many Lenny Dykstra cards do I do I have? Seventeen. Uh, uh seven. The answer is zero. Oh, okay. Cousin Greg has them all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like gathered them all up one year. No. I, I don't know. It had to be like 15 years ago or more than that, at, at least. And I was like, you like Lenny Dykes, right? Here you go. <laughs> oh, man. I, I said I still, like, you want to talk about fangirl moment. I, I was, when we were having the last year of Veterans Stadium, mm. and it was the 90s weekend in Dykes. Yeah, I remember you telling me about this. And he was in the bathroom. I was in the bathroom. And all I can say to him was, you're Lenny Dykstra. I mean, that was the <laughs> only thing that could come out of my mouth at that time. Um, but, yeah. Did, didn't he say something outrageous? I mean, he always is, he's, he's like Jose Canseco. But didn't he say something outrageous recently? Uh it? I don't check Twitter as much anymore, so I'd have to go on there to see because that's normally yeah. where his, his yeah, where he's chirping. Content yeah. ends up. <laughs> hey, we are we are cruising through this thing. <laughs> we still have time. Wait, we're running we're running low on time. I'm gonna have to fast get quicker. Here's just another quick hitter, Scotty Rowland, Hall of Fame, Scott Rowland. First ever player from the Scranton Wilkesbury franchise to get into the Hall of Fame. He played for the Scranton Wilkesbury Red Barons before he came up with the Phillies. So that was a pretty cool oh. moment as a Scranton native to have Scotty R. Plus, I was a big Scotty R. fan, uh, even when he went to the Cardinals. So I always thought he played the game the right way and uh, was very good on and off the field. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, Utley will uh, be joining that that list. Yeah, would would hope to see that. Um, this next one, Matt, a lot of shout-outs to you tonight, too. Yeah. Uh, I know you're a Philly guy right now, too. Um, my buddies and I have uh, recently gone to a couple Temple games. Uh, I was at the Temple-Houston game uh, when Houston got revenge after Temple beating them in Houston. Um, Ralph's Restaurant, if you've never been there in Little Italy, you got to go. Okay. It- it is incredible. That is the spot that we go to before every game. Um, I'm trying to think of where it's at. I was just looking at another restaurant on South Street and 6th Street. This this is on 9th. I'll have to look it up. 9th and something else, or you're probably already on it. But it's Ralph's Italian Restaurant. 9th, 9th and Catherine, okay. 9th and Catherine, yep. Um, you have to call to get reservations. You... It is incredible. Um, I have not had a bad meal when I've gone there. Uh, I've had, uh, I'm a big veal fan. Uh, so I've had veal both times I went there. I had two different types of veal. Um, it's basically a lot of veal and chicken, and they have just a bunch of different sauces that you can put it in. But they have your traditional, uh, you know, spaghetti and meatballs, anything you want. Um, it is phenomenal, though. And they have really good beers there. I actually... <laughs> Most of the beers you've had, but I had a, a Dogfish 60-Minute IPA and forgot how good that really was. Yep, solid. Um, and I actually had three of them when I was there that day. So, but Ralph's Italian restaurant, you got to go there. Yeah, so I haven't been, but I've been um, – my wonderful girlfriend took me on a cannoli tour of Philadelphia for my I birthday. I remember that episode, yeah. And we were uh, we were about three blocks away at Isgrove. 
to start the whole day. So uh, I've, I've been close. I think I need to well, there's, revisit. There's another place that I haven't been to that's around the corner. It's it's this other place I was talking about. I forget what it's called. It starts with a W. It's on 6th and South. Uh, South Street and 6th Street there. It, I just saw it on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. They make their own cheese Whiz for their cheese steak. They put like black truffles into their cheese Whiz. Ooh. Supposedly... Guy Fieri has claimed he has never had a better cheesesteak in Philadelphia than at this place. Um, and it's literally right around the corner from you Ralph's. It starts there. With w? Woodrow's? Woodrow's. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That was actually, we said next time we go to Philly, we might actually go there instead of Ralph's because we wanted to try it out, obviously, because it, you know, it was on Ooh. diners, drive ins, and dives. They got a roast pork and uh, broccoli wrap sandwich, too, which is the actual sandwich of Philadelphia. So. There you go. Kyle, you were going to say something. Yeah. Uh, The veal comment. (laughs) Uh, Most people know this uh, already. Uh, And if you don't, I got laid off from my full-time position. We get paid to do this podcast, but just enough to keep the lights on. It's nothing that's, that's going to make us millionaires. And uh, so I have, I have a lot of extra uh, free time these days. And so uh, one of the the things I do uh, during the day is uh, my youngest Aria, uh, her and I will, will take nap time up in the bedroom. And I started watching um, my next guest is with David Letterman on Netflix and uh, I'd started watching it with Toddy like, you know, three years ago or something like that. And, and we stopped watching it. Um, and I just put it on yesterday and it is the Howard Stern episode. And everyone knows who Howard Stern is. And he was, <laughs> he was talking about how his parents treated him like veal growing up. <laughs> they, <laughs> like, like they just, they just would, you know, what, cut him up and they they didn't like him at all and they would just eat him up and everything and I, he he said it in a way funnier way than, than i'm saying it obviously but um when, when you said that greg i was like oh my god i literally just heard howard stern talk about veal and how he was treated like a veal like crazy <laughs> so prior prior to having kids and maybe even luciano might have been born but well, Sarah, Sarah and I, when we first got married, lived in Westside. So we lived right by uh, my grandmother. Our Curie was still alive. And then obviously Ziggy's were still living in Westside. And then we had moved to South Scranton, but we were still very, very close. And uh, well, now we call grandma and grandpa Ziggy, which would be, uh, you know, Colin and my both grandparents. Um, now we call them Gigi and Pop Pop. Uh, that's what my, my kids and my sister's kids call them. So, uh, Gigi, who's grandma Ziggy, she used to like call me up and she'd be like, Hey, can you like come over and take whatever out? And I was like, okay. And she's like, I'll have dinner for you. Okay. What do we have it? And she'd be like, we're having the expensive stuff. She's like, pop, pop, or well, grandpa wants, grandpa wants veal. So she'd always joke. <laughs> That like, because now my grandmother was one of of eighteen kids. Um, you know, they were you know fighting. They were stealing you know coal off of the trucks or off the trains just to you know to get by. So she'd always be like, "Yeah, your grandfather, you know, like he always likes the expensive stuff." Um, so she's like, "I got the, I always, I got the veal cutlets." So she always used to make these veal cutlets, 
and they were super thin, bread it. And then she'd always have some side of like pasta with it. And I would always like show up and I'd eat dinner, but then I'd go home and I'd eat a second dinner. So that was like my, mm. my first dinner when I'd get out of school, I'd just go right to her house and I'd eat. Um, and then I would always, you know, go, go back home and then I'd eat a second dinner there. Uh, but she was, always- that's exactly, that's exactly what I did when I lived in Scranton. Yeah. I would eat dinner on Thursday nights <laughs> with, with grandma and grandpa. And then I go bowling with you guys, with, with your dad and with you and Mooney. And then we'd all go out to eat afterward to have a second yeah. dinner. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Those were good times. Colin was great. Colin and I won a champion, a bowling championship together. We were on the same team. Uh, one right. year bowling. Yeah. That, that's yeah, how legendary. I first knew Colin. He was that yeah. guy with the afro at the bowling alley. <laughs> oh my god! I did what? When I was working there? Yeah. And then I was well, like, "Wait, he's the same guy from the baseball team? Oh shit!" Colin and I used to be partners uh, in a no tap bowling tournament. Um, and when Colin, you know, I moved away. Now I'm partners with my dad. Um, this past week was the bowling tournament. In the first game, I had 11 out of 12 strikes. I threw a 277. The second game, I started with the first eight and threw 254. In the last, how many of them were no taps? I don't know. Strikes a strike that day. (laughs) The last game, no tap means if you if you get a nine, you get a strike. Get nine. Okay. The last the last game though, I threw 11 out of 12 and had a 266. I can tell you this much. The first four were no tap, and six was no tap. I threw the front six of the last game, and I know five wow. of them were no taps, and I wasn't moving. I was I was getting nine, and I was loving it because normally in league play you get nine, and it's like oh crap. Now you get nine, and you make the spare, yeah. and you walk right around, you smile, and you say on to the next one. <laughs> um, but my seven ninety seven series was only good for fifth place. I was gonna say, did you win? Damn! Holy shit! Uh, I did win two years ago. I had a two ninety seven, a two ninety eight, and a two fifty three. I think it was. I had an eight forty eight that year. I won, but uh, not this year. wasn't wasn't good enough. Wow! Yeah, whenever we would partner up, I would have a good series, and Greg would bowl like shit or Greg would bowl amazing and I would bowl like shit. We could never match it up. This year, my dad was the, he, he was bad last year. My dad was good and I was terrible this year. I was good and he was bad, but it is what it is. It's all for a good cause. We do. We don't win. You only win a beer mug. If you win, uh, it's all for a donation to the friendship house, uh, which is a local charity, uh, here. So it's all for a good cause. Um, Hey, move, moving right along because we're we're I see we're ticking on the time here. Uh, this is I have not said a single word about the draft that you guys had. Not a single um, word. Oh god! I thought I thought first of all I thought it it was it was really well played. I was waiting to see if if y'all were going to be smart about the draft, and obviously it was because it played into Collins. Well, I'm just saying it played into Collins' hands when. You guys drafted center fielders and starting pitchers in the first two rounds, both of you. So now, you know, like Ken Griffey Jr. falls to you in what was it, eleven rounds? Right? Did you guys select eleven? Yeah. Guys? So like, Junior, you know, like just falls to you. Like you have your pick of all these people, but you didn't have to pick them. Um, I was waiting to see if someone was going to be smart about that. I was, Colin. I was proud of you. Um, <laughs> 
I would say to me, Colin's the winner, and he's only the winner for one reason. Because because of my guy, as much as I love Lenny Dykstra, Ken Griffey Jr. is maybe is he's my favorite player of all time. So whoever was drafting Junior yeah. was getting my pick, no matter no matter who drafted. So Colin, I can I can attest to that too. Like I've there's pictures of cousin Greg in Seattle Mariners hats. Like funny. it's it's sick. No, but I've worn one on the there. pod. I've worn one on the pod yeah. the last time ah, I was on it. So. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's actually the only reason. And Ethan, to your point, I am not a delusional fan. Unlike most Yankee fans, uh, I was not butthurt over the fact that Chase Utley was the only Philly that was selected. <laughs> maybe it was Colin that said it. I, I did not believe Ryan Howard should be a selection. I did not believe Jimmy Rollins should be a selection. Um, I was happy that Chase Utley did get representation. Man, he was under. Um, well, how many how many Yankees? How many Yankees got selected? Uh, like in their Yankee Mo. years. Uh you took Mo, didn't you? Three. I took Mo and Robbie Cano. Mo, Robbie, and Judge. You took Judge. Oh, I took Judge. Yeah. Okay. That might be it. Yeah. I'm just saying that Mookie was worth one and a half more war than Ken Griffey was. I think I think Matt <laughs> I think Matt is getting but, but, a little too carried away with war. Yeah. Junior's Joe Paz, friend of the pos- friend of the podcast, Joe Poznanski wrote about uh, the the weirdest award winners, and he said how like twenty years from now they're going to be looking at sports writers and be like, "Why were you assigning so much value to war?" Because yeah, maybe we're getting there's a better there's going to be a better statistic out there. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you guys got this, but I just saw breaking news come across my phone that Eli Manning is still a two time Super Bowl MVP. Oh my god. <laughs> Matt has left the building. Mic drop, right? (laughs) (laughs) Matt's our Skip Bayless. (laughs) Oh man, that's so good. I I, Matt, I actually only got a couple more things left. Um, We're gonna get through it. All right. Yeah, Uh, Colin. I gotta agree with you, Lord of the Rings. I don't, I don't even know what that is. Oh my god! Game of Thrones, and and actually, Colin, the fact that you're throwing thumbs down, I don't know if you guys can see this, but it says Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, thumbs down. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I don't even you're know what's amazing. Are. Your daughter. Is I didn't. Named I didn't see the character. notes. <laughs> yeah, but we too. talked about this, Matt. We talked about this, Judd Apatow was influenced by it and I was influenced by Judd Apatow. So in theory you win, but I wasn't directly influenced by it. The only reason why I even watched Harry Potter episodes was because when the boys, when the boys got a, a, a Wii console, like uh, the neighbor gave them like a bunch of like Wii games that he wasn't like playing. And it was uh, the Harry Potter Lego game. And I got into that. And then we started, I started watching the movies with them and I actually liked those. Um, but Lord of the Rings, I don't, I don't even know what that is. Um, Game of Thrones, not on it. Yeah. Um, but uh, these last couple things, though, have a little bit of conversation. Um, so these might just be thrown out. Maybe jot these down. Um, one of them involves the shift. Obviously, there's mm. the new rules this year. Um, but did anyone ever consider 
what if you move your left fielder into right field? That's use I saw a diagram feet. last week. I don't think you could do that though. Yes, you can. Yeah, because it, it only pertains to infielders. Yep. Oh. Yep. So they were so showing you can move that your left fielder and then use your third baseman as kind of like a, a, deep... a pseudo left fielder. But they they can't leave the dirt. It's okay. Not to start. But I'm saying as soon as I the mean, pitch gets so you you're going to want you're going to want your third baseman to take a running sprint out to left field every pitch. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm It'll just be saying. interesting to I see if anybody tried that. Up. You could see like yeah. the Rays trying that. Honestly, I could see oh, the Rays doing right. that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So far, I in the swinging for the fences. You want him trying to slap to left field, right? Like I'm, I'm gonna say this. Um, I, I don't know. I know. I told Colin. You guys don't know this, but in my newly appointed position as the junior high baseball coach at Ooh. my at my school, hell yeah, I will not. I will not be uh, applying the shift ever. <laughs> we will be playing straight up <laughs> every game. I mean, I just saw I just saw a picture yesterday of uh, Schwarber was up, um, and uh, the whole right side of the infield wide open because there was a runner on first, and they were playing double, you know, double play depth like like traditional double play depth, you know that that you would think of. And I think for the most part, I've seen a lot more of the traditional setups. I, and I, even um, I was watching the Yankee game on Saturday, Sunday. I think it was, and Claver let off the game, ground ball right up the middle, and they were they were definitely shaded towards the middle, but they weren't standing literally right there, and it went through for a base hit, and I was like, <gasps> "Thank fucking that's Christ. baseball, yeah, that's yeah. baseball, it's baseball." Like, come on, I mean, it wasn't like the hardest ground ball, but it was like hit pretty well, and I was like, "Just get through." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've listened to you guys obviously a lot, and I don't know, I don't know if I just I don't recall like what your feelings and position is um, on this, but like. I like I hate the people that are like you're a professional baseball hitter. <laughs> you should be able to go to opposite field. It's the hardest thing in sport to do. Like yeah. just to put the ball It was in always hard to be a good hitter. Yeah. It was always hard. It's and now throw on top of it pitchers being better than ever better before. Than ever. Like yeah, I just but, but, like, but then then don't don't limit where you play in the field, right? Well, like, I, I'm just I saying you're going to hit the right field 90% of the time, then let me play my guys there. See, to me, though, and, and I'm not saying anything with the shift and all that, but I'm just like, it's still so hard to do. Like, why? I, I, I find it hard for somebody who's like me at home saying, man, Bryce Harper should have just hit the ball to left field. I mean, it's it's pretty hard to put the ball in play. Yeah. Um, you know, wherever, wherever guys are, are at in the field or, or not, it's just, it's a hard thing to do. Yes. Um, you know, and, and I, I, I never liked that stance from people that are saying you're a professional baseball player. You should be able to put it wherever you want. It's I mean, not for $330 million, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But guess what though? Harper's got us an MVP and NLCS MVP. And hopefully he comes back healthy by the uh, All Star break, and we see another run by the Phillies here because that that Front line page is, of Sports Illustrated at, at seventeen or whatever it was. Okay, it was, Matt, are you yeah. just being a contrarian? Are you just being a devil's advocate? Or are you actually a fucking shift supporter over here? Uh, I'm a little bit of both. Ugh, <laughs> disgusting. Right, right. Why not? Doesn't the like, fan experience matter? Like the game right now is boring as shit. 
Like I am, I'm as big a fan as you can pretty much get. And like watching full baseball games is like a laborious, like joyless task most of the time now. And the shift is part of that, right? There's no, there's no athleticism in the defense. There's no fucking hits. There's no stolen bases. Not that the shift is that much about stolen bases, I guess, but like, it's just, it's just not a fun game anymore. Strikeouts, walks, everything, like anything that we can do to get people to put the ball in play more and to have defense happen more to make to make fielders actually move uh, is just good the, the, the game just needs there needs to be more action if it, if it stays a, and you're the one who rails against three true outcomes all the time so i'm surprised if the game stays that way it's it's fucked like it's just gonna it's just gonna keep diminishing it throughout our lifetimes in my opinion i agree but i mean what if we what if we said like in the nfl you had to have only six guys on the line for defense and only two linebackers and only three defensive backs, right? Like, like you should be able to set your defense up based on how you think you can stop the offense. But the NFL, right? Haven't they, they changed. I mean, Joe Paz uh, talks about this all the time. I don't know enough about NFL history to say you guys know way more than me, but from what they say, and I think Joe Paz is, is certainly informed. The NFL has changed its rules plenty over the last few decades. They do it based on the quality of the game, right? Like, yes. like yeah, one hundred percent for that. They they make they make minor tweaks, but they don't tell the defense where they can line up and can't. Right, but if the defense started not doing yet. something, if the defense started doing yeah, something that made the game like painful to watch and boring, and like they but would that's fucking the thing. change. If the defense did something where they were loading up the box, or if they were loading up one side of the field, then the offense adjusts and calls a play. But- no, but but they they have done things like that in the NFL. Like you can't you can't launch yourself at players. Like you couldn't go across the middle in the mid nineties in the NFL. Otherwise, you were gonna die. You know, if you were a wide receiver yeah, and like that's, not, that's about the hit, not about the lineup. Yeah, but it, it affects like where you line up, how you how you defend, and everything. Like I mean, you see it all the time, especially at the college level. Maybe not so much at the NFL level, but these cornerbacks get burned because they they can't. All they can do. Is just grab the person and get the fifteen yard penalty. The name of player safety, which I'm okay with, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. That, but that's, but it, that's a hundred percent. I think the the right thing to do. Um, but it affects the gameplay. Yeah, but it's for safety sake, sake, right? I'm just saying that that, uh, right, Greg. I think I think of well, yeah, you're a main leader. You should just hit the other way. Like that that is that's that's base. That's that's a dumb argument. But yeah. I will say, like, if you're only going to hit at the right field then you shouldn't be upset that the defense only sets up in right field. I mean, like, that's a fair point, except for that. That makes sense. I actually agree with that, except for the fact that the fan experience of watching the game suffers so much that that's right? my like, main thought. Like if, yeah. if, if golden state's going to play five, three point shooters, you're not going to put a big in the center that can block shot. Like, no, you're going to put someone who can de- defend the perimeter. Right. Duh. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, making the basketball sorry, probably no is. Experience. There's no fan experience rules about soccer. If Iceland, wants but basketball, to try and get up basketball probably and pack the box. Iceland's gonna try and get up one nothing and pack the box because they're gonna try and win the game. And the game sucks to watch. It's terrible. Hey. Guess what? They're gonna try and win. <laughs> basketball probably has more comps than football does to baseball, though, because you think about the the three second violation that you can get in the paint. You think about, I mean, the shot clock in general was was not a rep. Like when my dad was, he would talk about all the time. He would just dribble around Bishop Hannum where Jerry McNamara played for five minutes with the ball. I saw and it would be like a of Uncle John 
where they won. The final score was like five to four. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. But again, that, that shot clock is different than ball. telling where they can and can't set up. Like the, the three second rule is probably but the, the count, right? Yeah, 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 right, right, right. Yeah. So you know, there's right. But I, 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 it, it's really, it's really interesting. Does offensively known, but like right, Iceland's going to get up yeah. one nothing. They're going to pack the box. They're going to put everyone back in the, the defensive zone. They're going to say, yeah, I see whoever trying to score Iceland on me, so you, you jackasses. <laughs> uh, man. Does, does anyone in any other sport talk about the rules as much as baseball people do? That's or are we just like in this bubble that's a good that question. we think like... Yeah, I don't know. Right now, I could see it just being MLB people, yeah. But, I don't uh, know, maybe, maybe there's a lively rules discussion for like cricket. Yeah, know. yeah. Maybe. Actually, there is. Yeah. They've shortened the game of cricket like the IPL is times. pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's uh, it's it's almost Collins' bedtime, so we got to finish Greg's list here. Yeah, I got I got two things right here. One's real quick. I got to give a shout out to my guy uh, Chris Karatnik. Um, used to bowl uh, in the league with Colin and I. Um, he does listen to you guys. I uh, hope he's going to listen oh tomorrow God. to this. Uh, he does say that you guys do say some coherent things occasionally. Some coherent um, things. Wait, was that was that was was that the text you sent me about? Yeah. Uh, oh listen, my God. Though, it was Chris. He, he told me he he said I think I think there should be instead of a war. He goes I think there should be a losses against replacement. And I said, well, it's kind of like the lower your war. That's kind of like he calls it the lar. The and lar. He, and he always questions, and he says, well, what's – But and he, he always goes back to the who's more valuable, an ace pitcher or the best hitter? Mm-hmm. So that's – that's The best hitter. That's something I, – I always say the best hitter. And then I thought about it, though. If you actually calculate out how many batters your ace pitcher may face in a season – it's probably more at bats than your best hitter is getting. You can't intentionally you know, walk a pitcher. Yeah, yeah. You know. Oh, okay, that speaking of rules, fuck intentional walks. They need to be banned. But that's a conversation for another time. And speaking of Chris, Ethan, when we saw Trouty, what was that? His rookie yeah, year, twenty twelve. He went three for five with a double and a homer. I think. Chris was in the bleachers that oh, day. Oh no shit. Yeah, we we I mean we waved to him. I, I knew who okay. he was, obviously. You you didn't, yeah, yeah. but he was there at that game. Cool. So Chris, if, if you if you're listening, yeah, he's uh, hopefully listen. you remember I'll, that game. I'll make sure that he listens. So Kratnik, yeah. thank you. Shout out. You're on the podcast. And here's my last thing. This is proving that uh Pablo has nothing <laughs> on my MLB the show player. And neither does Shohei. For all you oh, stat yeah. geeks. In MLB The Show, okay, now, of course, you have to remember, this is like the sliders are completely turned up in my favor. Okay, so everything is like, this is like complete game genie mode for for me. My player was a two-way player. In one season, I had 33 games started. I had 27 complete games. I had 25 shutouts. In those... (laughs) But I had I had a, another game that I pitched nine innings that I had a I gave up one hit and they took me out in a zero zero game we lost one zero, 
Um, and I had another game where I threw a 10 inning no hitter and they took me out zero zero and we lost one zero. I threw nine no hitters on the season, not including the 10 inning no hitter. Cause that doesn't actually count as a no hitter because it wasn't a, a full game. 291 innings pitched 40 hits, four <laughs> runs, four, four runs. Four. Four. <laughs> they were all earned four walks. 623 strikeouts. I had a a 0.15 whip, a 0.12 ERA, and I averaged 19.3 strikeouts per nine innings. Oh, my God. It gets better. Not bad. Not that that this podcast cares about batting average, but I hit 808. And the close, I don't know how many games it was, but it was about 100 games played in the field when I wasn't pitching. I hit 808. Uh, I had 337 hits on the season. I had 85 doubles, 17 triples, 75 home runs, 197 RBI. And now here's the here's the one, though. A 1.633 slugging. Jesus Christ. Point, <laughs> 0.786 Oh, uh, on base because I had a couple sack flies and I had a 2.419 OPS. <laughs> I you were gonna say like, and I walked three times. <laughs> is, it me? is it me or Pablo? I think it was my guy. You know, you know what we need to do now that you're saying that is someone who has the capability to play backyard baseball. When we draft the teams, like, play some games or do some simulations or, or whatever and figure out what Pablo's stat line. Yeah. Isn't Danny be. a doctor? Can't he do something like that? <laughs> he can figure that. He's a doctor. That's right. <laughs> Doctors can do it all. Yeah. Uh, Matt's going to grab something. He's going to show off. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But a two point well, I think this is a OPS. That's, that's pretty good. What, what, yeah. What's the greatest OPS of all time? It's got to be Bonds, Bonds, right? Bonds had like a 1,400 OPS in 2004. I was going to say it had to be up to the 13 or 14. Yeah, I don't don't know that anybody ever had better than that. Um, If anybody... Teddy Ballgame, maybe? Maybe Teddy or maybe Babe. Because, I mean, Babe Ruth's career slugging percentage was 690, right? So... um, What are we we trying to figure out? Highest OPS? Who is the highest OPS? Because it doesn't touch my two... Single season? Yeah, yeah no, yeah. Season. I mean, two point four one nine. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. Video video game, uh, video game cheat settings. Sliders all the way up. Oh my to God. me, the, the the fun in the game was not about like the realness of the game and being able to hit. It was about how stupid can I get the stats? Right. Like how high? How high can I go? And when I played a yeah. season where I was only a hitter. I mean, I was hitting 400 home runs in a season. Oh, wow. Because I was just, again, I was trying to get as stupid of stats as I can get. Yeah. Um, there's actually an active player who's in the top 50 of all time, which is unbelievable Maybe. because most of these are... For OPS? Are, you know, from... In a single season? Yeah, like single season. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you try to guess who the player is. Um, but... If if you don't count the Negro Leagues, it, Josh Gibson's one and two, uh, Barry Bonds number three, the two thousand four season, he had a one point four two one seven. Yeah. Okay, an active player. There's only one active player in the top fifty. 
Miguel, Miguel Cabrera. Um, hold on. It's it's really not that hard if you think. You're not about thinking it. of somebody who just retired, are you? Nope. He's he's in he's the like, top hundred. He's going to be playing. Pujols. Okay, yeah. Okay, the person you're thinking yeah, of, the person you're talking about is going to be playing this season. Yep. He was. That means they're active. If, if if I say I if I say Tom how fucked it up and he was thinking Pujols was still active, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> nah. If if I if I give a hint, it'll give it away. Okay. God, this should be. I feel like this should be obvious. Um, it, it is really obvious if you think about like what what are you yeah, trying to calculate? Judge judges in the top hundred. I was gonna say yeah, judge. Um, okay, not judge. Uh, Who'd you say, Rudy? Vado, no. Um. Okay, not Vado, not Judge, not Trouty, not Trout, not Miggy, Paul Goldschmidt. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fucker. Um, it's a, it's a lit. The top fifty is littered with Ruth Gibson, Bonds, little bit of Teddy Ballgame, Lou Gehrig, Mark McGuire's nineteen ninety eight, a Frank Thomas year, mm-hmm. Jeff Bagwell nineteen ninety four. Matt, that was that was one you talked about. It can't be Juan Soto, can it? It is. Holy shit. 20, 2020 Juan oh, Soto. Okay, oh, so that's yeah. eh, all right. Was that the year they won the series? Was they 2019? No, 2019. 2020 was the 60 game season. Yeah, so I wow. kind of don't count that, but that's still kind of cool. Yeah. Asterix. He was only 21 years old. That's yeah. more of an asterisk than uh, Bonds. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, otherwise, it's it's literally all these old people yeah. plus you know a couple of people from the nineties, right, right. And then uh, and then it's still a bunch of old people like Mantle and Larry Walker, Albert mm. Bell. I love when you say like these guys from the nineties when you guys were like in your single digit years, right? Because yeah. y'all were born in ninety, right? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Oh yeah, 80. 80s babies. All right. Yeah, yeah we're all eighties yeah, babies. Right. You're yeah. in eighty nine too, Colin. Yeah, Colin's the right. oldest. I'm the oldest. Of, yeah. I'm the oldest of the three yeah. of them. Yeah, or the I, three I, of us. I know. I was born on the very last day of nineteen eighty, but I love the fact that I can tell people I was born in nineteen eighty and not nineteen. Nineteen eighty sounds way better than nineteen eighty one. Oh yeah. I mean, but I was I was part of the last of the you know great generations. <laughs> and after can't trust any of y'all uh-huh, uh-huh. when did when did the millennials start what right year around 81 82 i think is how they define 81. it right some 81. say 80 but i go yeah. with the 81 uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> i nailed it by a few hours <laughs> uh, fair enough awesome well, I think we just completed the longest episode yeah. in two Jackson's <laughs> podcast history. Is it our longest? Hour and a half? Yeah, it's got to be. I feel like we've done an hour and a half before. I mean, we could just keep talking if if you want to. Oh, no, no, try and not, break this. Uh, we, we should we should wrap it up. I, I just uh, I, I felt like we had done that, but maybe not. I appreciate. All right, who, <laughs> we had to get through. We had to get through the notes and the list yeah, and everything. Lot, so yeah, there's yeah. actually two things I skipped. So. <laughs> next, oh, time. Oh, okay. <laughs> next time. Next time. Alright, who's got shout outs? Let's kill this. Uh hey, sorry, just you may not be able to get in touch with me the next couple weeks. Um 
about to enter a secluded cave for the next couple days. Um, Has he made a decision yet? No. Oh my god, what a loser. You know that Eli Manning is still a two-time Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and Daniel Jones wants $40 million a year so he can go suck on my left nuts. So. He actually wants and that's, five. But Yeah, and that's going to be nothing in like five years. Give him He's 40, gonna be a, he wants 45 yeah. Give him 40 to 42 Franchise Saquon will make it work in the he's end. Worth, he's worth 25 maybe. Whatever. No way. No he got way. to the playoffs. I know one guy who did it. The guy who's <laughs> just came out of the dark. <laughs> Cousin Greg, you want to do the, the honors of... Uh, uh, did you listen to last week when Brother Jeremy yeah, took it over? no doubt, because... No, no. We are... <laughs> no. Rose Bowl champs. Lame. <laughs> 